You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OK Sis, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics, such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to OK Sis Podcast. My name is Mads. And my name is Scoutala. And I'm coming to you with a pregnant belly. Pregnant. Ooh, you know, like there's... Is there salad in my teeth? Hold on. No, you just have like a little bit of like... You have like a little bit of a tooth gap at the bottom, like between your two teeth, those two bottom ones. So... That's probably what you saw. See, your teeth don't touch. Your teeth don't touch down there. Okay. Well, I'm just saying that's why you probably thought there was salad because you can see like a black hole. I have never had braces or a retainer. I have it's perfect teeth. Pretty impressive. It's my biggest flex. That's such a good. Oh, I need to keep that for my two truths and a lie. That's such a good one. Dad's the same way. You got dad's teeth. I got mom's teeth. Mine are fucked. Yeah, yours are fucked. Moms are fucked. Moms are still fucked. Um, but me and dad, straight. Moms are fucked at the bottom. Look. Yeah, yours are. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> You've never noticed that? Mine I think are- it's gotten worse. I think it's gotten worse. 
It's wow. because I like didn't wear my retainer because I didn't want to. So I don't give a fuck. Like that makes sense. I don't give a flying fuck about my retainer. Is the top are good? You know what I mean? Yeah, the top is where it's at. The top is no. Don't. <laughs> Scout was smiling and she looks like a clown. Okay, I had a very interesting, like, relatable experience that I would like to convey to you and get your thoughts on. Mm-hmm. I went to Barry's boot camp earlier today in Oy. West Hollywood. I do that when I want to punish myself for mm-hmm. eating poorly, and so I go to Barry's to punish myself. Okay, that's a terrible. That's a terrible. That's so bad. <laughs> I'm just letting you know that's why I go there. It's the worst experience ever, but I go there to punish myself. It's like the walk of shame, except it's the workout of shame. Workout of shame, right. So I'm in the bathroom and like clearly someone has like shit in the bathroom before me and like it smells it up, right? And then I was like, please God, don't let someone come in, in after, after me you. and think that it was me. So I, I, uh, lo and behold, I open the door, some beautiful model looking woman sc- takes it and goes inside. And I was like, do I tell her it wasn't me? Do I just let her think it was me? I didn't say anything. So, you know, she thought it was me and that's that. Okay. If you were going to do the class with her, I'd be like, that wasn't me. No, she was going in the class with me. Yeah, that's... I should have said something. You should have said something. Okay. Well, so universal experience. Yeah, what is the etiquette there? Like, it'd be so weird to be like, it wasn't me. (laughs) Someone who ripped (laughs) ass. You start being shaggy. You're like, it wasn't me. No, 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 no. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I just start singing. Anyways, so I just thought that was a, I just like thought about that for quite some time in the class because, you know, I get so bored in those classes. I have 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 things to talk about or think about. So I wanted to relay that to you. Terrible human experience. Just like a public bathroom is a terrible human experience. hundred percent. hundred percent. All right. First of all, before we get into current fixations, have you been watching the Victoria's Secret documentary? Oh no, but I saw it two days ago or last night or something. And I was so excited, but Adam and I were sitting down to watch TV. We all know the relatable thing of when you sit down with your significant other, you guys got to agree on the television show. So it's like not a time for you to watch your stuff. Oh, he'll like this. I mean, maybe, um, but I am so excited to watch it because that's what I'm going to do tonight. That's what I'm going to do tonight. Thank you. There. You're so welcome. Don't you love it when someone reminds you of a show that you have to, and like you have content to look forward to name a better feeling. That's one of the, another universal experience, but that is positive. Especially because you and I have felt unanimously that the content has not been that exciting. Like it's not been that exciting. You know, I'm watching only murders in the building. It's fine. What are you going to do? Only murders in the building. Yeah. So I just don't have anything that's exciting me. And so therefore I'm not really watching anything because nothing's exciting. So Victoria's Secret documentary, fantastic. Really, I mean, really sad, obviously. It goes into, you know, quite some dark, uh, dark corners of that business and some predatory situations. Yeah, friends with Jeffrey Epstein. Friends with Jeffrey Epstein. Very, very linked with Jeffrey Epstein. So we we don't like a Jeffrey Epstein link. We don't like that. You know, I don't think, yeah, I'm anti-Jeffrey Epstein. I'm going to come out and say it. Yeah, you know what, me too. I'm going to make a... I'm, I'm going to make a bold exclamation. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to be brave. <laughs> I'm going to be courageous and say we're a little... We are anti-Jeffrey Epstein on this pot. Okay? 
if there was any confusion. Okay, so this is officially an anti-Jeffrey <laughs> podcast. <laughs> okay, so they go into that, of course, but then they also go into just like the terribleness. That's not the word I was looking for, but that's what's going to come out. Um, sure, the toxicity and the detriment. Is that what? Dude, whatever. Toxic is the worst word. I can't deal with that word anymore. It's so bad. <laughs> like anything that sucks, you're like, it's so toxic. You know what I mean? It's just like overused, you know? Oh, I think it's because of the trend. It's like my toxic trait. Is. I think Victoria's Secret is probably more manipulative and abusive. No, what I'm trying to say is the what they've done for like beauty standards and women's bodies. That's mm. what's the word I'm looking for? Detriment? Whatever. So, yeah, highly recommend. Okay. Now, I did want to do a little quick update because last week... Wait, real quick. It seems like there's like a zeitgeist thing going on where we're having documentaries on past brands that had their highlights while we were yeah, at an impressionable child, child teenage age. Yeah, like Abercrombie. What's the next one? Limited 2? Well, you know, Limited 2 is by the same guy that did Aber- uh, that did Victoria's Secret and Abercrombie. I never fucked with Limited 2. I had enough self-awareness and consciousness. I walked into that store. I walked into that store with my friend and her mom, and her mom said, you're going to love this place. It's girl heaven. And I walked in, and even as a seven-year-old scout, seven-year-old scout, looked at the pink and the graphic tees and the and the color and the sprinkles and said and the color get me the fuck out of here well you were emo i was seven you were emo then yeah because mom dressed me in all black and obviously it worked so i'm gonna employ that method on my child yeah you were always emo you had hood you were always wearing hoods hmm. and write, writing slam poetry <laughs> And performing it. Have, when was the last time we talked about the, the slam poetry performance in L.A.? <laughs> that oh is God. the best story. That's the best story ever. ever. I mean, I can tell it for the new sisters because it's it's one okay, of the best Okay, tell the new, tell it again. What 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 um bar was that? We okay. need to we need to go back. Okay, so I was 21 years old and I moved to L.A. and I was living with my mom who just moved to L.A. too and I wanted to go to open mic nights and read my poetry at open mic nights. And so, and mind you, like your poetry is about like depression and bipolar disorder and like cutting. It, it's actually like a lot about sexual abuse. Weirdly, it's like very dark. It's like not, there's nothing light about it back then. Like it was, sure. it was severely dark. Okay. Like, yes, go yeah. even a step further than bipolar and depression and just like women getting terribly abused. So who knows where this comes from? It's like a, it's a problem. Like I come on this podcast and I'm like, I'm bipolar, but like, it's pretty dark when it gets to certain places. Oh yeah. We make light of it, but there is, there's a, there's a demon. There's a shadow. There's a demon. There's a shadow. There's a demon. Um, Satan comes through at times. So anyways, I wanted to perform my poetry at an open mic night. I wanted to start doing that. And so I found a place. It was a Rastafarian cafe in like Culver City or something. I don't know. It was really small, like a hole in the wall. And I said, mom, there's open mic night at like 4 p.m. Can, will you take me? Because I'm nervous to go by myself. I'm very close with my mom. So she knows all my poetry and pretty much every sex adventure I've ever had she knows about. So she takes me there and we get there at four and they're like, oh, it's actually at six. But, you know, L.A. can't like go back and forth. So we just sat there for two hours. And then suddenly we realized that the, the sign in sheet was being passed around and I was like, wait a minute, we've been here for so long, I should be first on the list, but I wasn't. I ended up getting like fourth on the list. So we're sitting in this Rastafarian cafe, Bob Marley everywhere, 
the Jamaican flag everywhere, you know, those colors. And it's like probably 15 people in the cafe. And the first guy goes and he does a comedy thing. Like he's a comedian, whatever. He's doing a stand-up comedian. The second guy goes up and he also does a comedy sketch act. And then the third guy goes up and he also does comedy. And I look at mom at this point, it's almost seven, okay? We've been at this for three hours. And I go, Mom, it's comedy night. I also think, though, that when you are when you research open mic night, I think you do need to specify <laughs> poetry. I think open mic night is universally known as comedy. Okay. Like, so Mom looks at me. I'm 21, guys. I'm, like, very whatever, very tender and raw. Mom looks at me and she goes, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. You're going up there. We've been here. We're, for, not, we're not leaving. We're not We've leaving. been here for three hours. We're not going in rush hour traffic for you to not go <laughs> up there and read your depressing poetry and bring the vibe down at the Bob Marley Cafe. So I get What's up It's not there. happening. I get up there and I go, hello, I am not a comedian. <laughs> But I, but I, I say, I'm not a comedian, but I do have a poem that I would like to read you. Oh, Jesus. oh my God. Some guy in the back yells, you're already funny. And then oh, no. I read like the most depressing story about this woman and how this man abused her. And then at the end, like the whole room is silent and the host comes up and he's like, okay. Um, like, does it <laughs> And uh, my mom was so proud. <laughs> mom was so Mom proud. is like crying. Like, you're doing great, sweetie. Mom's like, oh, it was my the God. best thing I've ever read and heard. And then people were confused. That's for sure. And um, then I just told mom, let's get the fuck out of here. And then we left. But that was my first open poetry night. We've got to go back to that cafe on an open mic night and just slip right in there. You're going to do your slam poetry. <laughs> wow. It, that is the best story ever. I wish I was uh, there. I wish I was a present yeah. for that. Yeah. Mom was. I would have been throwing tomatoes. <laughs> tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. <laughs> Mom was like, like thumbs, <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> She's like, keep going. The comedians, by the way, were terrible. Uh, I mean, yeah. What do you expect at this was, Bob Marley cafe? It wasn't great. Oh, my God. Great. Okay. Fabulous. You know, when I put myself out there, and that's what's important. That's what's important. We're always... You know, lately I have been not giving a flying fuck about what I put out on the internet. Like I am just And you are you are scaling and soaring. You know, not so much. No, you are. <laughs> you totally are. I see those real views. Can I tell you something actually very serious that I got to in therapy because it or in my coaching session because it involves you? Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. 
I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes. And Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Oh, sure. Okay, so this is... This is a big thing. And I was like, should I tell her on the podcast or should I tell her, you know, privately? And I was like... It's one and the same. The sisters get it. It's one and the same. We're going to talk about it on the podcast anyways. So I was talking to my coach because I was trying to figure out why sometimes, I know it doesn't seem like it because I do everything and I act opposite of this trigger that I experience because my deep, genuine soul wants the most success for you. But there was a lot of me that was getting triggered about you in the entrepreneurial and the online space. 
and I started comparing myself to you or I started like getting triggered and feeling like feelings of unworthiness and I'm not a competitive or a comparison or any of that type of person. And so I was like, why is this happening so much with my sister? And so I would talk to my coach about it all the time. I'd be like trying to get to the root of it, trying to get to the root of it because I know it had nothing to do with you, right? Like it was a personal trigger, like something in me was not, was wounded by some of your success and stuff. And so your reel, this is so dumb, but like your reel, one of your reels got 10,000 views and I was really triggered because my reels weren't getting that. And I was just like in this, like I don't do that with any other person, but I was doing it with you and I didn't like that because that's not healthy and that's not my true desire. And so my coach put me into a meditation and she's like, go back to the first time you as a little girl compared yourself to another human being, right? Like you just had this comparison moment. And the moment was being like 10 or 11. I was in the laundry room with mom and I was crying and I said, yeah, because I got the part in the yeah, JCC. But yeah, because theater had always been my thing. And then you jumped on board. And so and I was like significantly better. than You were significantly better. And I told mom, I was like, she's better than me. And so I have to bow out and not do this anymore. And that's like a really heartbreaking thing for a kid, because technically you getting all the roles had nothing to do with me enjoying being in place like I should have continued because I liked it. Like, it didn't matter that you got the higher role than me. You know what I mean? But I yeah. said to myself, she's better. Therefore, there's no room for me here. And so I bowed mm -hmm. out. And I don't do that with other women. I think sisters do it differently. And so I bowed out. I think this is a very common sister yeah. experience. And yeah. also, it's interesting that you're bringing this up because I feel that a ton with you. Not like social media wise, more so business wise and like mindset wise, I get really annoyed when you, and it's like, again, it's not you. Yeah. I, I just get triggered when you like, for instance, remember we keep referencing this, but like during COVID, remember in the very beginning, oh, you were yeah. like, you had that mentality of like, oh my God, you have so, you know, and hustle culture. And like, you have that mentality of like, you have so much time. Why not start the podcast, start that project you want where I was more in the like, fuck you, I'm lazy and like scared and stressed and like I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't anything about you. It was that sometimes I, because I don't subscribe to hustle culture, then it's a, what's the word when it like, everything that happens to you is like a reflection back, yes. right? Like yes. so anything that you hate about someone else, it's probably something you yes. hate internally about you, yes. right? So like because you're so into hustle culture, it triggers me because I'm like, well, fuck, that makes me, does that mean I'm lazy? Does that mean mm -hmm. a da da da? And then I start to spiral that way. So I totally see that as something that you and I have have experienced with one another. Yeah, like we we are like a mirror for those wounds and those insecurities, I think. And so, but I was asking my coach, I was like, I don't, I never did this with her when she got straight A's in, in like school and I didn't. It was because I didn't care about getting straight you A's. You didn't care. And so yeah. when you became like an entrepreneur, my little girl was like, oh no, is this going to happen to me again? Where Maddie does better than me and there's no room for me in this space anymore in a place that I love, right? And so- mm -hmm. Obviously, you and I have done enough mindset work and work just societally as women that there's room for everybody. We know that. But every time you had a metric that was bigger than mine 
or more exciting mm-hmm. than mine. Now what I started doing, and it like literally cleared in two weeks, literally in two weeks, I, I've done it like on the podcast, like presently on the podcast, I'll go back to the laundry room and I'll give little Scout a hug because it's not about your success. Aww. It's about little Scout feeling afraid that her dreams are going to get taken from her, right? Yeah. And it's, it's manifesting and triggering through your success for me. And so mm-hmm. I, in those moments, have been able to be like, oh, go give little Scout a hug. And I just hug that 10-year-old and I tell her she's okay. And I tell her there's room for her. And I tell her that one person's success has nothing to do with yours. In fact, it only mm-hmm. amplifies everything. And so I thought that was probably one of the bigger breakthroughs I've had internally that also helps our relationship because it's such an example of it's not about the other person and what the other person's doing. It's about the deeper underlying wound that's like sitting beneath the surface that you get to work on. I remember talking to my therapist about this. She was like, honestly, the meaning of life and and (laughs) something that would cure so many people's issues is if they understood that everything they feel and think and experience is a reflection of like your Mm -hmm. subconscious. Mm -hmm. So anytime you're getting annoyed at someone or you're just like, ugh, that person is so cringe. It's like, no, 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 that has nothing to do with them. Your, that reaction is actually something wounded within yourself that like maybe you were that cringe person before. Like maybe that it's so it, when you really, really start to understand that it untangles everything. And you're also able, when someone gets mad at you, you're also able to not brush it off. I mean, obviously, you Mm -hmm. know, hold yourself accountable. But if there's something where someone gets really triggered at something you said, you could be like, okay, this is, this is something you need to fit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of think of it like trolls also. Anytime trolls come to you, anytime trolls like shit on you, I immediately think like, oh, you're probably going through something and you like, this is your outlet. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with me. Yeah. And and that also helps you take responsibility over your life. Like I could have kept going and been like resentful at you for, t- you know what I mean? But that's not even, that's not, that's the surface level of some ego bullshit, right? Like the real thing right. is eight year old or 10 year old me is afraid that her dreams are going to go away or that she's going to have to give up her dreams. That's the only thing that's about. And it's like so amazing to be able to take that personal responsibility. I think that's also it understanding that concept which in the beginning is so confusing i'm not gonna lie like i've been told this a million times and i'm like what are you talking about this person's a fucking asshole like (laughs) you know what i mean yeah i think through lacey phillips does a lot like she'll she breaks it down really well that's like when i first completely understood the concept i don't remember which workshop it it's in but there is a workshop about like evilness basically and how anything is a reflection on you it's so it's so crazy this phenomenon yeah it's it's pretty insane and it's like the most empowering thing towards towards your healing and what made me fully once I really recognized that I was also able to realize that someone can listen to an episode of okay sis two people can listen to an episode of okay sis and have two very radically different ideas about who you and I are as people and that's mm-hmm. because they are seeing us through their their triggers, their perception, their cultural upbringing, their expectations, their insecurities. And so in that sense, too, like what people think of us is also none of our business because it's just a reflection yeah. of where they're at in their life. It also, when you start to understand this concept, you have a lot of empathy for people, mm-hmm. too. Like I... Because you did, yeah, you literally start seeing every interaction and every person you meet through that lens. And it's it's very empathetic. It's very sincere. I, you you start to be like, oh, 
you probably are going through something that you haven't really healed. Okay, I can kind of relate to that. Or I don't know, there's something beautiful about it. Yeah, well, I'm very grateful that I can come and express my true healing work with you and have that be very open and welcomed and loved. Of course. I mean, that's what we do here. That's why we have a pod. Ooh, should I tell you? I don't think I ever told you this realization that I tell had. Me. Oh, you're going to love this. Maybe I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want you to have the satisfaction, but I think this is a good moment <laughs> for me to tell you. Let me hear it. I was listening to the Ed Milet podcast when he was on Light Walk-Ins, and I don't remember specifically what he was saying, but something along the lines of finding like a reason and a purpose with every project or thing you do or conversation you have and just being like super, super intentional. And I don't really even know what sparked it, but I just, I had this like moment where I said to myself, cause I think with OKSS we're coming up on four years, right? And this is not like our full-time income. I think I've like tried, we both tried to make it that and like manifested that. And look, we we do well with the podcast. I'm not saying that. And I'm really grateful that we've like, we do have a steady stream of income or revenue coming in through it. But it's like, I wanted it to be my full-time thing for a while. And I think we fought that. Mm-hmm. And I came to this realization was like, wait, maybe maybe making okay says like, wasn't ever about the money, wasn't ever about the recognition, wasn't even really about the network, even though that's been the biggest ancillary benefit throughout this. Maybe it was literally like God's way of telling us to have a deeper connection with one another as sisters. Like this, this like space and this project we created, like that is probably the purpose that we were not as close before Mm-hmm. And now we speak every day, multiple times a day. <laughs> we do this podcast every week. So many people who are listening probably don't speak to their sisters as much as we do. Yeah. And it's I think we've like encouraged that with with sisters. But to understand and cherish how like beautiful this type of relationship mm-hmm. is. And like maybe that was the purpose of OK Sis. Honestly, I think you are totally right because I was thinking the other day, like very, you know, transparently, like my shit at Scouts Agency is picking up and OKSIS isn't like a, a revenue builder. And at this point, like we've established ourselves in the podcast space. We've established ourselves in our businesses and like technically like, and also we sisters, wouldn't have we're not, to do it. we're not talking about you guys because we fucking love you guys. But technically from a business standpoint, we don't need to do this anymore, right? Like yeah. we, we don't really need to. But I'm like, I will always do OKSIS because it's me and my sister. And it's like a concentrated Mm -hmm. space for me to be with Maddie. And like, could you imagine our relationship if we never started OKSIS? We would have been months without talking. Like, we would have never. We would have never known each other on this deep of a level at all. Also, we wouldn't have grown together. Like the amount of growth that the other has promoted in each other. Because of the podcast. Yeah, like one day like 20 years from now, when our entrepreneurial careers are incredibly successful, we'll look back and pinpoint OKSIS as the 
like the reason we were able to go out on our own and do the stuff. For sure. I was just on this podcast with Susanna, one of our dear OKSIS listeners, her podcast, Everything is Copy. And I was saying that I could not have created Camber if it mm-hmm. weren't for OKSIS. Like there would yeah. be no way. Because they asked me, how do you start? Like literally everyone has ideas. Like how do you actually execute it? And I, I literally said, if it wasn't for my sister's mentality of the jump off the cliff and figure out and figure out the parachute as you fall, I wouldn't have done it. Like Mm -hmm. I really would not have had the courage or the inner confidence to do it. And it literally is because of this podcast and the way that we've both like learned from each other that both of our businesses are even here today. Yeah. Yeah. No, literally both of our businesses wouldn't be here without okay sis. I love you so much. I love you too, Scatola. I love you so much. And I, I like dream of watching you become an aunt. Like truly, I think it's going to be. Oh my God, I'm, oh my God, I'm <laughs> so fucking excited. I, I know. I texted you the other day. I said, can I be a stay-at-home mom? Like stay-at-home aunt for your baby? Yeah, that's called a free nanny. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I don't want to like wipe her butt, but. You will. You everything will, else you I'll will. do. It's going to be like that, that Barry's uh, bathroom. <laughs> tie it all back I think that something in you is going to change when you meet my baby oh a hundo p I'm going to be different can we circle back to the conversation that we had like last year which was who's going to be in the delivery room well we had a we had that conversation like a couple months ago as well 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 now it's solidified well yeah it's just going to be Adam and mom (laughs) so because of covid I can only have one other person. Wait, how is dad taking that? Okay, so. Is there drama? There's drama. No, so this is what's going to happen. Natalia, our stepsister, helped me research the hospital rules. And it says that you can have two people per day. And I will probably only be in there for 24 hours, God willing, if I don't have a C-section. So I am going to the doctors tomorrow to check if I have like pregnancy diabetes, which I'm sure I don't. And so I'm going to ask if like, I go into the hospital at 9 a.m. I deliver. Mom's there. Mom leaves. The next day, can dad, when I'm like getting ready to go and whatever, can he come and see me and the baby? Because it is really important to me, I think, that like dad had that experience of being in the hospital with me. You know what I mean? So I'm going to see what they say. And if they say no, oh, I'll pull the mental illness card. You'll pull the what card? The bipolar card? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Okay, but we're not trying to get you uh, 4140. Is that what it's called? 5115. <laughs> I know exactly what we to get, say. We get you 5150. <laughs> oh, God. No, no, no. It's really dark again. I know what to say. And I just, like, I'm only going to be in there for 24 hours. So, like, I can deal with the fact that, like, everyone can't come and see me in the hospital because I won't be there that long. They really want to get you out. But, can you imagine dad not going to the hospital? That'll be so hard for yeah, him. Yeah, no. you. So I so I can't even like be in the hallway. No, there is no visitors allowed. That is wild. I'm surprised that that's still a thing two years later. Well, I understand why it would be because like, what do you do? I mean, I think that they should at least give you a couple visitors. It's like bullshit. Yeah. So you and Natalia will be at my house waiting for me and prepping. Right. I was going to say, I want I want to like see when I want to see the cleanup version of you guys. Like I'm not really into seeing the fluids and the poop coming back to the poop. You're going to shit yourself <laughs> on that chair. And it, I do not want to be there for when you 
shit yourself. Yeah. If there's anything that I've learned, it's that pregnancy is just such an equalizer when it comes to the biological experience. Like, yeah, it's just, you know how, you know, we are human beings. Are your farts smelling really gross? Actually, my digestive system has gotten a lot better in the last oh. couple of weeks. I've been able to eat normally. I don't have as much gas, which is great. Although I did have, see, this is it. Like, it's just biological, like the shame and like the societal weirdness goes away. I had such bad gas pains, Mads, in the airport. And because my baby is getting so big, my stomach is like right underneath my lungs essentially at this point. I had such bad gas pains that I started crying and women were coming up to me and asking me if I was okay. Like they thought I was in labor. Like I was like holding onto the chair and breathing and like crying hysterically. What does gas pain mean? Like it just, it's not coming out or? It means like there's a gas bubble in your stomach that's stuck and it feels like a knife is like kind of sharp going through you. Yeah, don't like that. And then you have to pass. Like That's why that. they say pass the gas. Oh, is that why? Yeah. So I was like literally <laughs> in the airport hunched over. Women were coming up to me, random women. They're like, are you okay? Can I get you something? Yeah. Because it was bad for a second. Okay. Talking about gas, we only have like a couple minutes, but I'm going to quickly recap my Greece trip. Did you know I went to Greece? No. Just letting you know that I went there. I slept my little tuchus all the way to Santorini and to Mykonos. And I just want to give one update was that I didn't poop for about five days on the trip. You need to like bring a laxative. I got a Greek laxative. I went to the farm, the pharmacy and I said, excuse me, sir. Oh, you should bring back all the laxatives from European pharmacies. They're the best. I have it. I have it here. The best. It, it did work. It's magic. Mm-hmm. So I said, sir, I need something for my stomach. And he said, what? And I said, constipation. And he was like, oh, I got it for you. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Don't you worry, child. Yeah. So finally happened. Thank God. But yeah, it was a rough. I mean, it was the most incredible trip of my lifetime. It was Everything and more. I don't understand anyone who says Santorini is overrated. Like it was the most, I'm like itching to go back. It was just breathtaking everywhere. You, I mean, white houses everywhere you fucking look. It's incredible. But yeah, that was a, that was a thorn, if you will, mm. in the trip. Mm. But the content because of the pain was supreme. Supreme. I got a lot. Talk about impressions. Oh, baby. Like people were really into the journey of me not pooping <clears throat> and then the ultimate poop yeah we were on pins and needles it's like love island every day checking in checking in like love island checking in (laughs) it's like love island checking in wow people are already starting to cancel us because of the love island content from last week people are pissed i need to stop talking about it Allie in my office she just told me she's like really surprised she's like i'm shocked i'm like excuse me like are you disappointed in me people are really mad um we need to never speak of love island again on this podcast because we are we're gonna get canceled for sure you know what their anger at us towards that opinion is a reflection of their inner <laughs> it, all, it all goes back to the ego what do those people need to work on inside yeah what do you what do you need to work out on you love island freaks <laughs> anyways okay um well let me just give a little recap though on because i did say last week about i would update you guys on the bachelorette format i mean like if you're listening and you watch oh, the bachelorette then you what know was it? but i do want to tell you it's what we had feared they're no. competing no. against all the men. It is. They did it. Come Scout, on. 
I am livid. They like, had to know that that was not going to work. Okay, first of all, hold on. Like Gabby and Rachel, they're the two bachelorettes. They're like really close friends. They are, they've been so supportive with one another. And like, so like, who do you like? Who do you like? Like, I'll go off limits for someone that you really, really like. But yeah, some guys are kissing both of them. And ultimately, the reason of the bachelorette is for the bachelorette to have all the power. They do not have the power. The men have the power. And that is not what The Bachelorette is. And I'm furious because they would never do this for a bachelor. They would never. This franchise is going to motherfucking hell. Burn it down. Burn it down. So far, it's been okay. And it's been pretty um, amicable, but it's going to get messy because the guys are going to start forming deeper relationships and then be like, I'm actually here for this one. So Bill Burr has a new comedy special out on Netflix and it's so fucking funny. He's like, do you want to know why? I didn't peg you for a Bill Burr girl. Adam is a Bill Burr guy. So we watched it. He said, do you want to know why female soccer players don't make as much money as male soccer players? It's because you women don't fucking go to their game. You're sitting at home watching trash reality TV show where women are degraded and pitted against each other. And that's where yeah, all the money really goes. True. He's like, that's you really are true. failing female soccer players. It's not us. It's not the men. <laughs> why the fuck aren't you in the studio? Oh, because you're watching the real. Well, why aren't they? Well, why aren't they in the stadium either? They're like, because you're watching the real housewives. You'd rather watch women fight. <laughs> yeah, but why does women's soccer need to be just a way? Like, why can't men watch it? Because he's it's like a whole thing he's like if you want to like he basically you have to watch it because i'm gonna say it and it's gonna sound fucked up but like he's like this is your fight women so if you want to get paid like show up and support the women to get paid at the soccer team and then we'll show up too but like it's not our responsibility to show up that's what he said you know what i just realized i just realized that we didn't do curve fixation so maybe we should do that quickly we'll do it on the next one well no i have really good ones though let me just quickly say it oh sorry one last thing about greece all my Santorini and Mykonos recs are on camera. So if you want to go follow me there, then you can see where I went. Okay. Curve fixations. I listened to This Is Important. Yes. The podcast. And it is phenomenal. You were so right. It's satiated. It scratched so a little itch. Scratched a little itch. For those who don't know, it's the guys from Workaholics. And they literally talk nonsense. And it's fantastic. It, 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 there's no theme. There's nothing. They're just talking shit. And I absolutely love it it's perfection and then another podcast that I just discovered that is fantastic as well is called how long gone with Chris Black and Jason Stewart two guys who I I believe one of them has a column on the strategist and is they're like internet kids you know what I mean like they're like cool LA guys and they again two shoot the shit talking about cultural phenomenons things happening in their lives that's the new way of content for me i just want stream of consciousness isn't that what we just did this whole we that's what we do we do that's what we do which is why i love what we do yeah i agree so my current fixation is the basic body butter by my july uh formerly known as drifters organics you guys know we have used their brand a million times but they just went through a rebrand and now it's called my july and the branding is per fucking fiction like fits beautifully into my life, if I may say so myself. But the reason I'm such a fan of this is because as I've, you know, become pregnant, my skin has been very sensitive. And so I haven't been able to use any fragrance lotion, any fragrance belly oil, any fragrance, anything. And so their body butter is not fragrance. And it is, if you have dry skin, because my skin can get really fucking dry, you put this body butter on in the morning and literally touch your skin at 7 p.m. that night 
and it is still fucking moisturized. I cannot, like, I used to use the Goop body butter. No, no, no. I now will only use my July body butter. It is so good. I couldn't bring it with me to Chicago because it's over the, like, flight limit, and I didn't know. I didn't have, like, a compact travel on, and it was difficult, to say the least, but regardless, like, if you have trouble keeping your skin moisturized, if you're very sensitive or if you're not sensitive to fragrance, but if you are sensitive to fragrance, it's an amazing option. It's something that literally holds the moisture all day long. Wow. I like lather myself in it every single morning. Love that. I know. I love a, I love a moisturized body. I love a smooth, slick body. Literally touching my skin right now and you can still feel the moisturized body butter on it and it's 2 p.m. in the day. That's amazing. All right. Thank you so much for listening to OKSIS podcast. We hope you loved this stream of consciousness and it made your day a little better. If you want to leave us a review, that would be fantastic. On Apple Podcasts, you can give us a little five stars and leave a little review and uh, we might post you on our Instagram. Anything else, Scout? Nope. That's it. I love you so much. I love you, sisters. And we will catch you next week. Love you, sisters. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.